0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
2: Lucy
3: Hickmott.
0: It's Monday the 21st of October. Coming up, football helping children stay away from crime.
2: There's a few students um, within the group that we're supporting where they've they've had antisocial behavior issues. Um, they're on the cusp of, of potentially getting into some, some gang culture, if you like. Call
0: for drugs to be legalized.
1: The war on drugs has been a 50-year failure. It has not succeeded in stopping the supply, it's not succeeded in stopping the demand.
0: And Canterbury
4: Festival is underway. It's such a range of entertainment, so whether you're family-friendly or looking for a great night out or a real culture vulture, there's something in the programme for you. Kent Online News. Our top
0: story today is all about a new project which has launched to try and keep children in Kent out of trouble by getting them to play football. The street soccer school is aiming to stop vulnerable youngsters from getting involved in crime by building their confidence and improving their behaviour and engagement in lessons. It's been set up by Keith Mabbott, who's been telling Harry more about it.
2: So we're here at Greenfield Primary School here in Maidstone, in Kent um, the Street Soccer Foundation have now launched the Street Soccer School which is ultimately a programme to help young students at school who we're trying to improve their behaviour, their confidence their resilience and their outlook and generally have them more engaged at school. There's a few students um, within the group that we're Supporting where they've they've had antisocial behaviour issues, um, they're on the cusp of, of potentially getting into some some gang culture if you like, um, and with the support that we've had from the police, we've ultimately created a program that looks to improve their mindset. So with the football, obviously it's all about having a lot of fun. You know, football is a team environment, team game, and we bring these students together. But then beyond that, what we're trying to do is just have them think seriously about why they're at school, why they come to school and what they can genuinely get out of it. So some of them have had, um, I guess, social circles uh, which aren't really that good for them, I guess that would be fair to say. Um, Some of them have got issues at home, perhaps um, where there's there's maybe a broken family unit or they're in care um, and fundamentally they love playing football and they want to have some fun, they might be disengaged at school currently so we're coming in I guess as an alternative education provision um, but using football as that kind of hook and then coaching them in certain ways to be able to think differently about themselves and when they're at school in classrooms.
3: And what are the improvements that maybe you've, you've seen already?
2: It's just brilliant, I mean we're we're at Greenfields at the moment, we're halfway through the current course at the moment, it's a ten week provision um, and already the head teacher has come up to us and said she can see already in certain students their confidence, their engagement in lessons, not just here on the course at Street Soccer, but when they're in lessons in the classroom they're much more in tune with what the teacher's going through, they're more attentive and that's what we're trying to do, we're building up their confidence, their resilience and their attainment which they obviously can achieve in school.
3: And of course you've done plenty of stuff in the past as part of Street Soccer, helping various kinds of people from various different social situations and backgrounds. Um, how much, as yourself, how much do, do you take out of helping this particular group of group of people and some of the situations there in?
2: I think it's really important um, and, and particularly for me as well I think what I've learned in us delivering the academy which is for young adults and more sort of 16 to 25 year olds those that are typically left education or not in education um, this is for us more of a prevention piece, so we've taken counsel with, with obviously the police, councils themselves, schools, um, you know, youth organisations, we talk to a lot of people and what we're, what we're trying to do is get in there before certain things may occur for young people, so before say for example they become homeless or before they might offend, we're trying to get in there now through the schools programme. To change those attitudes, change those behaviours for the better, so that actually doesn't happen down the line. For the academy, we've been very successful, I think, in terms of impact. Um, but we're now running both alongside each other. They're, they're obviously very different programmes, but that's the fundamental reason why I think I'm getting a lot out of it because I can see the real difference that it's making at a very young age.
3: And just finally, you mentioned kind of what the head teacher's already been saying, but what about the children themselves? Have they been, you know, coming to you and saying, "Oh yeah, Keith, I've been doing a bit better in class because I've been playing football." It's, it's brilliant
2: I, and I guess that's the best bit actually, the young, the young children themselves, I, t- I love them to bits and they, and they come up to you and they just they, you know, they, they just tell it how it is and uh, they're sort of saying, I absolutely love this programme, when are you coming back? Or how long is this going on for? Can I keep coming? I think the one thing we're gonna struggle with is because it is 10 weeks, that most of them are going to want it beyond that so I think that's something for us to talk to the schools about um, the police and the councils um, but obviously what we want to try and do is impact in a, as best a possible fashion as we can be there to support the teachers be there to support the parents and carers of these children and hopefully make a difference in their lives. The school's
0: sports and well-being development officer has spoken to Harry about the impact it's had on children so far.
5: Street soccer have been in probably for about four weeks In that time um, we can definitely pinpoint a couple of children that have really shown a difference in their uh, confidence, attitude to school, uh, their attendance is really sort of picked up as well, they're coming in because they want to take part in the programme on a Friday. Um, one of the individuals, he was really engaging in class, he wasn't joining in um, and he didn't really want to participate in any other sporting events um, and since he's been part of the programme his confidence has grown, he's now engaging with the teachers, um, realising about his behaviour in classroom and just genuinely progressing a lot better
3: than he was. Sounds like it's going really well. Then, what are some of the sort of stories, backgrounds of some of the children who have got, you know, that have contributed to their reasons why they've been.
5: Okay, um, a lot of them sort of find school life hard, they don't enjoy coming to school, they don't enjoy the academic side of school, and um, a lot of them sort of come from areas where there aren't a lot of opportunities for them outside of school as well. So, I think having this kind of makes them feel important makes them feel special in school and then um, obviously with the work that they've done it's taught them about engaging more and looking at the opportunities that are available to them in school
3: and what's it done in terms of helping your job and the other teachers jobs a lot easier because i imagine it must be quite a challenge if you have a child that maybe doesn't want to engage or finds it difficult to engage i guess as how what's that worked out in terms of perhaps Your relationship in the classroom with those children.
5: Okay, um, like one of the highlights really has been that I think the children obviously have a passion for sport. They love the football, but what it's taught them is that you can take part, you can enjoy that, but you also need to look at the classroom side of things and learn sort of good behaviour, good manners, um, being role models to the other children and um, just generally for us it, it's helped them engage
0: in their learning and, en- and enjoy that sort of side of school as well. Harry's also been finding out what two of the children, Lyndon and Etta, think of it.
3: have you found it so far? Have
6: you been good? Yes, yeah, yeah. really good. Um, Freddie and uh, Key for good coaches. Um, it's they've it's helped us a lot with our football.
3: Obviously, you guys are involved in this um, because I've heard from your teachers that previously you might be a bit of little bit cheeky monkeys in class and maybe not concentrated as much as you should do. Um, what, what how have you found kind of being in the classroom now? Have you, what have you learned from here that you've been able to take with your friends back into class and when you're learning and all that
6: kind of thing? Um, well, basically. It's helped me with concentrating because football I like it and I concentrate. Whereas now I've learned when I go into class concentrating the same things and do listen when the teacher says something. Like it helps us a lot.
3: And how about you as well? Have you sort of been able to maybe do a bit better at school than maybe you were previously?
6: Um, yeah, because like when you play football it kind of energizes you. But when you go back into class, you you know that you've got to start learning.
3: And in the classroom before, I heard you talking about various various things, particularly about you know what how to deal with situations if you're getting bullied, for instance, and all that kind of thing. Tell me a bit, tell me a bit about that. What have you been been learning from there, and how to deal with certain
6: issues? So like we've been saying in there, like if like some people are carrying guns and they're going to start world war three so we're we're trying to say get rid of firearms and stuff like that um and Make the world a better place, no arguing, no stabbing, no no, no knife crimes or anything like that, because if you do that it's just making the world a worse place and no one's going to want to come here and visit and be like have a holiday, it's going to make them feel like they don't want to come here no more, so we want to make the world a better place. The
0: project's being funded by Kent's Police and Crime Commissioner Matthew Scott.
7: Well the Street Soccer Foundation are an excellent charity uh, doing great work to engage with Uh, young people and one of the things that I've always said as a priority for me as police and crime is to engage with young people at the earliest possible stage uh, and give them new opportunities whether that is to build confidence skills uh, or resilience um, and we see the benefits
3: later on in life and of course for this as well as learning those life skills and as you can see they're all having a good time and giving perhaps those that haven't had the best start of life a good opportunity to um, benefit from something like football um, it's also Helping with, of course, your role as police and crime commissioner in trying to reduce crime, particularly antisocial behaviour and those kind of things that young children, particularly vulnerable young children, might get involved in?
7: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you know, the, the kids here are. Lucky they've got a really good school with outstanding features here, which has taken a real interest in their development. They've got a great charity here as well in street soccer who are doing some good work with them. This is about you know, trying to engage at a much earlier stage to prevent from some of those things uh, from happening in the future, whether it, it begins with uh, hanging around with, with nothing to do um, and who they might get mixed up with uh, as a result. So this is a really positive project which helps us to uh, prevent things from escalating.
3: Because, as you say, maybe not for these children that have got this great opportunity, but for so many that does end up being the case where, you know, they don't have the opportunities, they don't have stuff to do and they get involved with things later in life because of how they started out. Unfortunately
7: for too many that is the case and I've made it a priority to back young people to give them opportunities uh, and provide opportunities in things that they want themselves want to do. Um, that's really important to listen to the views of young people and give them opportunities like this.
3: How will the funding from yourself help?
7: Well, this is a, a project where I, they're working with four schools to begin with to uh, prove the concept over a 10 week programme. Um, and we'll be in discussions with them, I'm sure, at some point about uh, how that's worked out and whether they might want to expand it in the future.
0: You can watch our video reports on this story on Team Talk on KMTV from 6.30 tonight.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Elsewhere today, another teenager has been questioned on suspicion of murdering an 18 year old man from Dartford. Clinton F. Boater died from multiple stab wounds in Camberwell in South London 11 days ago. A 17-year-old boy from Streatham was arrested yesterday. Six others who were detained on Friday have been released on bail. A football agent from Kent has gone on trial accused of arranging a bribe with the assistant head coach of a championship club. Dax Price from Upchurch was looked at as part of the undercover investigation which led to Sam Allardyce resigning as England boss in 2016. The 48 year old denies the charges. It's claimed legalising drugs like cocaine and heroin would help reduce knife crime. Kent County Councillor Sean Holden has made the controversial suggestion during a debate at County Hall in Maidstone. He spoke to Kieran after the meeting.
1: I put a paper into the consideration of the select committee to say that we should look at uh One of the fundamental causes of knife crime and of violence generally and of many other crimes in our county and our country uh, which is the uh, criminal supply of drugs and I say that we should look at ending the prohibition on drugs it 's been a the war on drugs has been a fifty year failure uh it has not succeeded in stopping the supply it 's not succeeded in stopping the demand uh, and yet it has drawn people into a criminality of which the County Line's drugs gangs, for instance, which have been talking about concern, moving into Kent um, uh, and reinforcing their authority among young people with knives uh, and adding to the uh, knife crime that happens in Kent. And so I wanted to say we need to take a different look at the way drugs is viewed with a view to ending prohibition.
8: And what did you make of some of the responses today in the the full council chamber?
1: Well, I'm aware that it's it's with some people, many people maybe, it's controversial. Uh, But uh, I think that, I hope that we can carry the debate forward. I said I would like to see another select committee and they said perhaps we should, um, numbers of people said we should consider further this because the select committee was very quick in coming to its deliberations. The reason I think it's important is because we've tried many of the things that are in there about more police and reaching out into society. And for 50 years, we have failed to end the drug problem and the violence that goes with it. And across the world, hundreds of thousands of people have died because of this and it's not as though we've never done it before. We've seen, we've seen it before in the 1920s with the prohibition of ama- alcohol in America. It created organised crime, which is still with us. And the ripples of that are the knife crimes in Kent and, uh, and, and elsewhere. So I think we have to say we've got to take a different look. And after all, uh, two of the most dangerous drugs of all, tobacco and alcohol, are legal. Tobacco kills half of everybody who uses it. And alcohol, about 7,000, 8,000 people a year, three times as many as illegal drugs. Yet we tolerate those, so we need to take a strong look at how we should treat the drugs supply industry and take it out of the hands of violent criminals. That's the problem, and knife crime is related to that.
8: And what did you make of some of the concerns that people had raised in terms of if you legalise drugs, then that means those criminals who are currently supplying that will just look to do something else. So they'll they'll look to perhaps take up uh, other illegal industries such as firearms. I mean, do, do you think that sort of argument washed?
1: I don't think that the criminals who do it are going to say, oh, I'll just go and get a proper job now. I'm not that naive. Uh, And they will try to move into things. I'm not sure that they can move into something as lucrative as this, and it would be quite right to disrupt, a major disruption of their criminal economy would be beneficial to society. We'd have to deal with the consequences if they move into other things. What happened with uh, the prohibition of alcohol in America is it created organized crime, which when prohibition ended, they did then move into drugs and prostitution and gambling. Um, but one of the um, gambling is a case in point. In 1961 or so, when they were going to legalize, or talked about legalizing gambling, everyone said, uh, oh, there'll be all sorts of problems with that. But before 1961, gambling was associated with a degree of criminality. It was illegal. And we don't have that now.
8: So for you, what's going to happen next then? Uh, I know you said in the mood, that, the mood of the Chamber seemed to be mixed mixture really, so some scepticism initially towards it, but you still feel confident that you can try and achieve something with this. I mean... For example, Councillor P- Peter Oakford, the deputy leader, current deputy leader as, as we're speaking, said that he, he didn't want to have his name put on that if, if it was KCC lobbying the government to, to, to change their policy. What, what, what happens next?
1: No, I understand that people are unsure about this or nervous about it and some people downright disagree with it. I think when the war on drugs was begun by President Nixon in 1971 and the Misuse of Drugs Act here in 1971, there was a sort of moral disapproval element to it in which people Um, because drugs were the most subversive element of the counterculture of the 60s. And I think that has continued, and we need to get away from that and and accept that we already do sell hard drugs in our society. That's tobacco and alcohol. And we cope with those and we deal with those. They have their problems, serious problems, Um, but they don't have this kind of serious depth of crime that is associated with the currently illegal drugs. And I want to get to that position with them as well. We want to treat it as a drug, as a crime problem, not a health problem for some users.
0: Most of his conservative colleagues opposed the idea, saying legalising drugs wouldn't stop people getting involved in crime.
9: Councillor Catherine Rankin told us why she thinks it's a bad idea. I think that uh, legalisation of drugs seems a simple solution, but it's a much more complex problem than that. If you look at uh, the possibility that it will reduce crime, you only have to be aware of the fact that one in ten cigarettes in UK at the moment is smuggled and one-third of rolled tobacco is smuggled. So that tobacco is a perfectly legal drug, uh, but we have uh, quite high levels of um, uh, smuggling going on. In fact, uh, in the early 2000s, a quarter of... All cigarettes in the country were smuggled, and two thirds of all rolled tobacco were smuggled. So, a huge amount of effort has been put in by the police, the border control, and HMRC to get those figures down, but we still have a considerable amount of smuggled drugs even though they're legal. So I find the argument that if you legalize uh, drugs which are currently illegal will will mean that they are no longer smuggled and everything is brought under state control is not really sadly borne out by the facts. Um, It's also said quite uh, frequently that Portugal has decriminalized drugs and the um, use of drugs has reduced as a result. That is true. there are fewer overdoses in Portugal, and HIV infections are markedly down, but that came from a high point of Portugal being completely disproportionate in a um, very, very large number of HIV infections which it had, way above any other figure in Europe. And their way of tackling it has not to been to decriminalize um, drugs. it has been to treat or um, uh, deal with drug offenders in a different way. So they are dealt with an administrative problem not a legal one they are introduced to a huge panoply of social treatments social care treatments and public health interventions and i think that whether or not we um, went forward with the idea of legalizing drugs which i do not approve of i think that greater use of public resources particularly in public health um, to uh, treat and deal with those who are in Abusing drugs would be a very helpful way forward and if that helped to reduce the amount of knife crime then that would be a bonus. The
0: government say they have no intention of changing the law and leader of Kent County Council Roger Goff says it's not up to them to decide.
4: There are things we can do together individually as an organisation, there are things we can do with local partners uh, and that's enough for us to be getting on with. I think the debate on drugs policy is a long running and very Challenging one, Um, I do not believe, frankly, that national policy is going to get changed on the say-so of KCC uh, and I think our focus should absolutely be on the areas... For which we have responsibility and which we can change.
0: Kent Online News. Footage has emerged of suspected migrants running across a stretch of the M25 in Kent after stepping off the roof of a lorry. The two people were spotted near junction two for the Darrenth interchange while traffic had stopped last Friday. You can see the video at kentonline.co.uk. Plans to build 85 new homes on the site of a former gas works in Folkestone have been given the go-ahead. The land on Ship Street has been derelict since the old building was demolished in the 1960s. Council bosses say they'll work with Creative Folkestone to bring art and culture to the area. A replica of the flying car from Harry Potter has been stolen from a garage near Dover. The owner of the blue Ford Anglia, which is often used in local fundraising events, noticed it was missing yesterday. It was last seen a week ago and witnesses apparently saw it being driven off by a young man, it's being reported to police. Pop-up performances, music shows and art workshops are taking place over the next two weeks as part of the Canterbury Festival. The annual event kicked off with a colourful parade through the city's High Street over the weekend. The festival's director, Rosie
4: Turner, has been telling us all about it. It's such a range of entertainment and and fine music. So whether you're family-friendly or looking for a great night out or a real culture vulture, there's something in the programme for you. Canterbury is a destination at all times of the year. But Canterbury Festival is first and foremost for the people who live here year round. And of course, October sees the students starting their their new terms. So our population almost doubles when they're in town. And um, there's a good buzz about it in October. I think kids have gone, gone back to school and have just had their first half term holiday. So everybody's ready for a little treat just before they start. Thinking about Christmas, and that's why October works so well for us. I mean, people all over the county will know about um, the wonderful Marlowe Theatre, and uh, we've got some great concerts in there. Uh, Laura and Jack Savaretti, uh, Ward Thomas, the fab- fabulous sort of British country duo, and the Afro-Cuban All Stars. Uh, I suppose the um, the jewel in our crown is is Canterbury Cathedral, and uh, known for for choral concerts and This year, uh, we've commissioned a brand new piece of music, called The Keys of Canterbury, that's written specifically for the, ac- the cathedral acoustic. And that's going to be played by a visiting Dutch orchestra and the wonderful saxophonist Jess Gillum, one of the youngest classical music stars on the, uh, on the horizon at the moment. But I, the other venue, of course, which is so special and is only here for the festival, is our Spiegel Tent. And that is an original 1920s travelling dance hall. And yes, it's as romantic as it sounds, full of velvet and stained glass and mirrors. And we bring that, we hire that from Holland and uh, we build it in a car park in central Canterbury. And that is the home for the majority of festival events. Everything from the half-term kids' shows during the day through to some of the best world music you'll ever hear uh, every night. The Spiegel Tent, if you haven't visited it, I urge you to check it out it's almost like running away with the circus you know it's it sounds a bit sentimental but it's twinkly and people people tend to come in and go ah and that's a lovely thing you know and almost any show we put in there just takes on a whole other dimension because it's in the magical spiegel tent as well as our shows, our concerts, our talks, there are lots of artists who open their houses and their studios uh, on, on the weekends. There are myriad wonderful restaurants and coffee shops in Canterbury who would all be delighted to see you and um, just make it a day just make it a day out. Uh, Canterbury now is much more organized in terms of public parking than it used to be. I mean, people used to say, oh, the traffic terrible etc not true come in good time pick a show and have a great night out we have been tracking our carbon footprint for a number of years and um uh our, we've we've made some very good pro- progress in that uh in that uh, way it's challenging when you're a festival working in temporary venues i mean our big issue is plastic water bottles and um, all of our artists require water on stage and uh we have made some progress but we haven't been able to go plastic free yet that is of course our goal but it will not happen this year but we have significantly cut down we're um offering refillable etc but um we're and we recycle everything that we possibly can recycle uh, We're very conscious of it and, um, you know, Canterbury is is pretty hot on the old kind of recycling thing, so we want to be a, a big part of that. People always assume that all the best things are sold out. Some of the best things are sold out, but there are a lot of tickets still available. It's always worth... Turning up uh, at the door or checking online on the day, we often have returns. So please just have a look, and uh, if you can possibly come along, please come along. It's, the festival is facing challenging times because uh, public funding for the arts uh, is drying up. The uh, the councils, the county council and Canterbury City Council, find it more challenging to support us than they did in the past. So we really need. Need to get box office income we need those ticket sales to keep going and to preserve canterbury festival for kent
1: kent online sports
0: football and it was a disappointing weekend for gillingham after they were beaten 2-1 by peterborough at priestfield a super strike and a penalty saw the visitors triumph on saturday jill's boss steve evans told us what he thought of the match
10: if you look at the starts we're before a better team aren't we Was it 16 17 efforts on goal five or six on target Several off target; they should be on target. Um, how do I see the game? I see us being on top in the first half. They probably started to break it for ten minutes. Then we're on top. Um, a young fullback slips; that allows Joe Ward to come inside. And we know Joe, and he's, he's, he's what he's done he's capable. Of. He's a he's a brilliant young man. He's I think I said before if he was your son, but he puts it in the stanchion. We we have to take that rocket. We come at second half, and we said, you know, let's be in the game at seventy minutes. Let's put the pressure on Peter. We're well, the other ones that are fighting to be in that top group. And then Matt Burn does what Matt Burn shouldn't do. It's just mm-hmm. a stupid decision to lift his arm. There's no dispute it's a penalty kick. I didn't see it myself. Um, not many of us seen it. A goalkeeper never even seen it. But the referee's seen it. He didn't see a lot else all afternoon, but he's seen that. And uh, they go to another front. I think for 10 minutes Porsche comfortable. we probably scratching a little bit. We made the substitutions, we changed the system a little bit. Um, we missed a couple of good chances. We got the goal, and how we've not scored. Three or four good half chances. A huge chance for Conor Ogilvie at the cup from the corner when he gets a free header, mm-hmm. he should score. Um, and the goalkeeper just summed it up: I've been beaten by a wonder strike in a penalty. I've not had another decent save to make in the game. So that makes it a little bit tough to take. But you know what? They've got good players. They're a wonderful club. I'm, I'm not here to say afterwards anything other than they're, they're blessed with talent. You can see what they can introduce from the bench, and um, and we wish them well. And in the least that. The manager at Peterborough and the staff know that my teams will be trying to beat every opponent that's competing with them at the top end and everyone beside us in the league as well.
0: Gillingham are now 16th in the League One table. They travel to take on Shrewsbury Town tomorrow evening. And finally, today, Kent's Will Bailey has made it through to another week of Strictly. The Paralympic table tennis star performed an emotional contemporary routine inspired by his childhood. David James became the latest celeb to be eliminated after the judges said. Mike Bushell in the dance-off. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.